All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Memorial Day, everybody. My goodness, Tim, we don't stop at dropping the gloves. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I guess it's not Memorial Day in Canada and throughout the world where people listen, Tim. We got listeners. We're just a multinational company here dropping the gloves. But yes, for those of you in the United States, happy Memorial Day. Thanks for joining us to dropping the gloves with Tim Wurzberger and John Scott. It's a big one, Tim. We finally did it. I I didn't think we were going to get here, but we did. We got a game seven in the second round. Now, this second round, like we've talked about over and over again, is is it fair to say that it's been a dud so far? All these exciting matchups that we thought were going to come to fruition, all the hatred, all the animosity, all of just the, the geographical locations. We got Florida, Tampa Bay. We got Calgary, Edmonton. These are going to be epic battles. It's going to be unbelievable. Just dropping deuces all over my dreams where the NHL, where Tampa Bay just drops Florida in four. Edmonton drops Calgary in five. Wasn't even interesting hockey. It was a complete shellacking by both of those teams. Not fun at all. Colorado, yeah, maybe got a little bit more of a test from St. Louis. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? At least that one went to six. But we finally got one, baby. We got one. The Carolina Hurricanes, true to form, cannot win on the road. And the Rangers are super good at home. I think they're five and one, six and one at home, the Rangers. Whereas the Hurricanes are now over. They've lost six straight games on the road during these playoffs. So we're moving back to Carolina, Tim. You're going to the game tonight. You're in Carolina. You're going to be there. Tell us all about it. Oh, I wish. I wish. Yeah. Um, no surprise, game six. I think we we both picked the Rangers to win that one. The Rangers looked dominant throughout. They won five to two. Shesterkin was tested. But he made 37 saves. He stepped up like they needed him to. Good, a good depth game for them. The Heedle had a couple goals. I think uh, Mott scored, and so they they looked yep. uh, they looked really good. And no surprise that you know Carolina can't win at home or can't lose at home, can't win on the road. And so we're back where we where we thought we were going to go with Game Seven. And I think I think I don't know. Let's let's get into it. What do you think tonight's going to look like? Well, let me just go back to game six because a name we've forgotten about, a name we hadn't mentioned for the Rangers, but it was a guy who was a big pickup in the offseason. Maybe people talked about overpaying him, Barkley Goodrow. Was this too much? 
they brought this guy in for specifically this situation. He is a playoff proven performer. He played well when he was with the Sharks in the playoffs and he goes to Tampa Bay and he was arguably him and Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman. The reason they won two Stanley cups, they were lights out those two guys. So they, they bring him in. He gets hurt first game versus Pittsburgh. He comes back last game. He played great. He they're they're already strong penalty kill continue to be strong. He was in on the four check. He was a heavy body which the Rangers need. He was banging forwards. He, he, was, he played really well, well enough to get third star of the game, even though we didn't get any points. So that says a lot to me when this guy picks up a star and he doesn't hit the score sheet. So he made an impact in some way. He was a good player. He's going to be a different ma- difference maker in game seven. Mark my word. Would not surprise me if Barkley Goudreau gets on the score sheet with a goal or an assist and makes an impact play just because a lot of these guys – this is a nerve-wracking time to be in Carolina or New York Rangers. So let's get into Game 7. We're going back to Carolina. Anti Ranta gets pulled in Game 6. They bring in the third stringer, this Russian guy from the KHL. They're not going to start him, obviously. Anti Ranta gets the pipes. He looked shaky in Game 6, Tim. Did not look strong. Did not look confident. The Rangers took advantage. I will kind of – I don't want to argue with you a little bit. I don't think the Rangers looked that dominant. I think Carolina looked fine. I think they, they pressured the Rangers. Uh, I think Shesterskin played great. He played lights out. He was a very strong goaltender, 37 saves. That's not, that's not nothing. And he picks up two assists to boot. The guy is just, he does it all for the New York Rangers. Anti Ranta is the key for this game seven for me. Which goaltender are we going to see? We cannot have the same performance as we had in game six. How was his mentality? How was he feeling going into game seven? He had a game seven in the first round. So maybe he's a little bit more comfortable with the situation. I don't know. They're lights out at home. We all know this. They're seven and oh, potentially going to be eight. No. Where do you think this game plays out? Who, what, what are the keys to win for each team? What needs to happen for each team to get this W? Because it's been a close series up until this point. I do think we'll see a bounce back game from Ranta. As bad as he's been on the road and as bad as he looked in game six, he's been a lead at home, letting up less than two goals a game, nine, three, one save percentage. He just doesn't lose at home. He seems to elevate his game like the rest of that team. So I think I'm, I'm more looking at the other end of the ice. Shesterkin is the guy who's supposed to be the better goal. He probably has been for, for most of the series, definitely was in game six. How is he going to respond to a game seven? How is he going to respond to elevate the moment? Can he steal a game on the road against a team that hasn't lost at home? That's kind of I'm looking more at him because he's the one that's supposed to be the better goalie. And Ranta, I think, will give you a chance to win. He maybe lets in two or three. I think I think Shesterkin's going to be the one that probably is facing more pressure tonight, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, they're both under a lot of pressure because these teams are evenly matched. I think the Hurricanes, I hate to admit it, have a little bit more depth. I like their forwards. They've been playing pretty well this whole series, but the Rangers, for whatever reason, this postseason, they're 4-0 when facing, facing an elimination game. They play their best hockey when their backs are up against the wall. They Versus Pittsburgh, they were down 3-1. to one. And yes, I know Casey DeSmith got hurt. Crosby was out. They were facing injuries, the, the Penguins. The Rangers still had to win those games, and they played great. They came out, they executed, and they did it in game six. They won that game 5-2 to two going away. I, For whatever reason, I like the Rangers' makeup when their backs are against the wall. Now here we are again, going into Carolina. No one expects them to win based on Carolina's track record at home, based on the Rangers track record in Carolina. They are terrible. You mentioned it here on the agenda. They only had 17 shots on goal in game five in Carolina. That's horrendous. That's awful. You have to really try to not throw pucks on net to not at least get 20, 25 shots in a game. So they stink in Carolina. 
but for whatever reason, in a game seven, I can't bet against a goaltender who was a Vesna Trophy candidate, who was a heart candidate throughout the whole season. He was setting records for goaltenders that we hadn't seen before. He was doing things that we had never heard of for years and years and years. I can't bet against that guy. So I'm going to take the Rangers as you know, far fetched as that sounds, it's going against uh, the trends. They're seven and oh, the Rangers, the Rangers equally good at home. I think they're six and one, they're one and five on the road. So the Rangers stink on the road in this playoffs as well. So it's not like the Rangers are, you know, they're a good team at great team at home, but they're an okay team on the road. Great at home. The Rangers stink so bad on the road. And the same thing with the Carolina hurricanes. I don't know what's happening this playoff series because these guys, the records during the regular season weren't atrocious on the road. The hurricanes did have a really good record at home. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't atrocious on the road. So I just think at the end of the day, Shesterkin's going to be the difference. I think Ranta will pick up his game a little bit. I think he's found his mojo. He's back to the goaltender that we knew and loved during the regular season. He's making saves that he has no business making. And I think the Carolina hurricanes are the better team in game seven. They have more, more chances. They get more zone time. But the Rangers, at the end of the day, win this game because of Shesterkin. What do you, what do you think? What do you think, Tim? Well, I don't know. <clears throat> game sevens are typically about who makes fewer mistakes, right? Because it's always, it's always that one play that costs you the season. It's the defenseman turning it over. It's a goalie letting in a bouncing puck or something. It's a, you know, a DDD pass that exits the zone, ruins all the momentum, and the play's going the other way. And so there's always these little things you can look at. And I think that, to me, the Hurricanes are so good at limiting the mistakes that they're making both ends of the ice. And and I, I like the Hurricane for that reason. I think we've seen the Rangers play really well. There's always look, – look what we talked about with uh, with Game 5, with that play from Adam Fox on the Sveshnikov breakaway and a play from True with that turnover that led to the two-on-one and the shorthanded goal. Those are the kind of things that will cost you the series. If we see that from the Rangers like we've seen in other examples, that's, the, that's what I'm looking at. So I like the Hurricanes, and I'm not really looking at their top players tonight – like the Teravainen, the Ajos, the Svechnikovs, I think it's going to be the Jordan Stahls of the world that are making an impact. And I've seen him, you know, do it time and time again. The Slavins probably, maybe a Trocek. Those are the guys I th- I'm looking at to, to have a big game and, and prove the, the Rangers that they're not ready yet. Trocek's a top guy, Tim. He's a top guy. You can't throw him He's... in there at the end. We're going to go the Stahls, this and that. Oh, and then maybe an Ajo. You can't throw in the top no, guy at the he end. Is not, just, oh, I said he is him, not I, I on that him. level. He's not that level. Is, he's, he's a top guy on this team. I'm going to I'm going to disagree. I think this will be a first and second line decided game. I think whatever of those two lines, whatever team gets a power play goal will win this game. This has been a big issue throughout the series. Carolina gets a shorthanded goal, a power play goal in game five. They win the game. New York Rangers win the power play battle last game. They win the game. If a team gets a power play goal, I think that team wins the game. I think it's going to be a first and second line dominated game. I really, truly believe it's either going to be Shvechnikov or Ajo or Teravainen, or it's going to be Panarin or Zabinajad or Kreider or these guys. Whatever line finds it and runs with it this game, I think that line and that team will win this series. It's going to be fun. You know who's loving this, Tim? You know who's loving it? John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was just thinking about it. John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning have been off for four or five days now. These guys have been beating each other in the face. This is a game seven Again, for both of these teams. So this is going to be 14 games for whoever goes on to play on Wednesday. They're going to get one day off, and then they're going to be back at it versus Tampa Bay Lightning. I am so incredibly nervous for whoever wins this next game tonight because they're just going to walk in and play the Tampa Bay Lightning 
and they're just going to be Tampa Bay's just going to be dropping down the ice, driving it down their throats. And you're, you're not going to go what hit you. It's going to be Tampa Bay might as well just punch a ticket to the Stanley cup finals right now, based on what's happened. These guys are playing every other night in the regular season. That's hard to do playing every other night, let alone in the playoffs where you're diving, you're battling, you're doing everything you can for every single play for two weeks now. And this is game 14, and you have to turn around and play game 15 on Wednesday versus the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions who have been licking their wounds and just getting pumped up and scouting and game planning for both of you. And they're just going to be waiting at the airport tonight. Where are we going? Are we going to New York or are we going to Carolina? They're going to jump on the plane. They're going to get there early. They're going to get a couple nights sleep, and they're going to pound you into the dirt. Whatever team that you play. That's my that's my whole big scheme here. This is just such a win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is it not? Like, how else could this scenario work out any better? You sweep the President's Trophy winners without even breaking a sweat. And then you get the other two teams that you're supposed to play just beating each other into the dirt for seven games. You're saying, this is great. This is great. Braden points. He's feeling frisky. He's going to be back. All these boys, all these guys, oh, they played a lot of hockey. They've had a week off. They're so ready to go, Tim. And when I'm ready to go, I use DoorDash. I'm fired up, Tim. And you should, too, on Memorial Day. Get some hot dogs. Get some ketchup. Order DoorDash. It's terrific. Go to Coney Island. I don't know where you're at, but use DoorDash. And when you do, use our promo code GLOVESDDUS if you're in the US of A. GLOVESDD if you're in Canada. Get 50, 25% off. Free delivery. Not a bad deal. Pretty much the best deal you'll find out there. Only here on Dropping the Gloves. Use DoorDash. We use them. Tim uses them. I use them. Everybody uses them. And you should, too. DoorDash.com on your app, on your phone. Promo codes, so I just listed them. Check it out. DoorDash. All right, Tim. Moving on to another series, the Western Conference Finals. These two teams haven't been here in a long time. A long time for the amount of expectations that these two teams have had throughout the years. Every single year, we think Colorado is going to win the Stanley Cup. Every single year, we say Connor McDavid, this is it. They finally got a decent supporting cast around him. He's going to make it. This is it. This is their year. Let down after let down after let down after let down until now. We're here. Colorado, Edmonton, Western Conference Finals. Puck drops tomorrow night. Gary Bettman is just squirming in his little tight onesies because he's so excited about this matchup. He's just like a little kid, so excited. Two superstars going at it, and I don't blame him. First time in a long time. We got the top three point scorers going at it. I think I think the last time this happened, it was the Bruins in the early 80s. It was Esposito, Busick, and Orr were the top three point scorers going at it in the playoff series. And now we got McKinnon, Dreinsidel, and McKinnon. Or, uh, McDavid. So it, it's going to be incredible. These guys, the last five years, they're top three in points. Through this playoff series, or one two in goals per game, these two teams both four plus goals per game. They're flying up and down the ice. It's going to be an epic series, Tim. I can't believe we're here with Edmonton. I thought they were going to flame out even in the first round. Break it down for us, Tim. This is an incredible matchup. I'm excited to watch this. It's going to be goals. It's going to be goals bonanza. They're going to be giving them away like you're going into a carnival and they're giving away whatever they give away at a carnival. Break it down for me because I'm ex- I'm too excited to talk. I'm too excited. Yeah, well, we we've been talking about how good that first round matchup was between Tampa and Toronto. I think this one could be right up there. Like this is what we've all been waiting for. Gary's not the only one who's been on the edge of his seat anticipating this. So 
these two high-powered offenses, these two very similar teams in a lot of ways. And uh, even though they're built differently, they're producing very similarly in the playoffs. They're one and two in goals, four for the playoffs, like you said. Avalanche have an absolutely lethal power play, 34.5% so far in the playoffs, which is just nuts. Best in the league. The Oilers are pretty good, too, 282 They think they can put some fifth or sixth across the league. So both teams lethal in the power play. They're pretty dangerous, and, and certainly uh, discipline and minimizing the penalties will be important for both teams. The Avalanche are averaging just about 40 shots on goal per game, 39.8. Call that 40. And the, the Oilers are letting up about 37 and a half. So they're going to get, the, the Avs are going to get 35 to 40 shots on that every single game. So Smith is going to be tested. He's going to be tested often, not just, not just with the, the quantity either, the quality of these shots. When you got the Landeskog and McKinnon and McCarr from the point, these are going to be not easy, easy saves to make. And I think Smith will, I think we could see him maybe crap the bed at least once in the series where he lets up four goals in the first period or something. Um, and then we talk about points. The McDavid and Dry Settle continue to be just go hand in hand. They each have 26 points entering the first two rounds, um, with Mc, with Dry Settle having 17 in the second round alone. There's a big drop off. You mentioned McKinnon being kind of right there. He's got 13 points, and by my math, that's half as much. And so they're they haven't played as many games, but it's only two less games, two fewer. McKinnon and McCarr tie for the Avalanche with 13 points each. This is a, a, far, a team that's less reliant on its top line than the Oilers are, which is, I think is going to be a big difference for them. But so far, it's, 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 a, it's a story of elite players going at it, a story of elite you know, matchups, and whoever's going to have a, a better performance is going to come out on top. So you got the Edmonton Oilers with their nuclear option. You got 29, you got 97, you got 91. Then you go to the Avalanche. And now the beautiful thing with the Avalanche is they <sighs> – they broke up that top line. We all knew they had Landis Skog, they had McKinnon, they had Ranton. They broke up that line, and it hasn't affected their production. Now we got Lycan and Slots in the first line. You got Ranton and moving down to the second line. You got Kadri, you got Burkowski, you got McKinnon, you got all these great players. The question is, what are the matchups going to be? Because Colorado gets last change. Who do you match up, Tim, versus that first line? Calgary didn't really try much. They they just rolled their lines. They tried to go Johnny Gaudreau versus them. They tried Lindholm. They tried these guys. Nothing worked. We saw what happened in L.A. Deneau did a decent job versus McDavid, but you, you can't – you got to contain him. You're not going to shut him down. You have to contain him. I think Deneau did the best job, and we saw that. Like, Deneau's a, a premier centerman. Do the Colorado Avalanche even bother trying to match up with that first line? Or do they play to their strengths and say, okay, we're just going to give him what he gets and we're just going to try to outscore you. We're going to try to get our top two lines matched up versus your bottom three. What, what do you think is the game plan versus that line? Because no one has had an answer for it yet. They're unstoppable. They're scoring at will. Every time they're on the ice, they're getting grade A chance after grade A chance after grade A chance. Do you see a situation where Colorado is able to slow those guys down? What do you do if you're the avalanche coach, Tim? I'm, I'm beating around the question here. I think you go with the, the second option you mentioned is, is, is let McDavid get what he gets and do your best, but focus more of your game plan on, on doing the same and, and relying on your top guys, getting those matchups you need and putting the puck in the back of a net. They have just as strong an offensive, if not better from top to bottom than the Oilers. So I think, you know, I, I you spend too much of your time worrying about what stopping the other guys from what they're doing. And I think that's a mistake. They should be flipping the narrative around the other way, make the Oilers worry about their top line. And I think 
that's they have the firepower to do it and, and the depth to do it. And the further you go down the lineup, that second, that third line, especially, uh, you start to expose the, the matchups against the Oilers. who I don't think are as, as deep as the Avalanche are. Yeah, I know when I was with the Hawks and when I was with the Sharks, I played on some really like even the Rangers. So I've had some talent on my teams and it's, it's different to hear the different coaches perspectives. The Rangers were all about matchups. They wanted to get Gabby and Richie and all these guys away from the top line. And it got to a point where it almost was a detriment to the team where you were a slave to what the other coach was doing and you were always reacting. You, you weren't the aggressive coach. You were always like, okay, well, well, what's that? It was, it was Pete DeBoer and he was with the devils. <clears throat> it's like, what, what is, who's he going to put out? Is he going to put Zajac out? Okay. We can't have Gabby out there. We got to wait till we get a better matchup. I didn't like that because you're, you're always reacting. You want to be proactive. So if, if I'm the avalanche, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm matching McKinnon up with McDavid and more often than not, yes, McKinnon will be in the defensive zone, but there'll be a, a big chunk of that where McDavid's on the, on his heels. He's playing defense. He's expending energy in the defensive zone because the avalanche do have that ability to, to hem you in. And they do have that ability to have shift after shift after shift in the, in the offensive zone. And if you can do that once or twice a period, that's hard on a centerman. McDavid's going side to side. He's expending energy. And maybe he won't want to be busting down the ice, knowing that maybe I'm going to have to be the first guy back on the back check. So that that would be my game plan. If I'm the Colorado head coach, I'm like, let's go. Let's match up. Strength versus strength. Let's, let's do this. And the one thing that I think the Avalanche have that Calgary did not have, that Nashville did not have, that not a lot of teams have is Kale McCarr. He is so incredibly good. He's a fourth forward out there, and he's better than most forwards. He reads the play so good. He jumps up in the rush. He's able to just maneuver through things and see things that other people don't do. And that is such a difference when you're a forward and you're on offense and you're in the offensive zone and you've got a defenseman that's able to just take a risk, make a play, go get a puck that maybe it's a 50-50 puck that Kale McCarr can read. That Duncan Keith did that great when he was with the Blackhawks, when he was in his prime. Maybe he's not there anymore. He was never out of the play. Most defensemen, if it's a 50-50 puck, they'll back up. They'll say, I'm out of here. I don't want to make a mistake. Dunks will dive in, try to keep the play alive. Kale McCarr will do that. These types of defensemen make it really, I don't want to say easy for a forward in the offensive zone. They are such an asset. Kale McCarr does it. Duncan used to do it. I don't think the Oilers have seen a defenseman like that. Drew Doughty is good at it. He wasn't there versus the LA when they played LA. So that will be a difference in this series. I think when you're talking about X factors to move ahead, the keys to this series for me, if I'm Colorado, I think the goaltenders are wash. I think Smith has been playing really good. I, I don't know what's going on with Darcy Kemper. He seems to be lost out there at times. He has decent periods and then he'll just be brain dead for a while. I'm like, Darcy, what are you doing? So if he can focus in and lock in and really have a, a solid performance, I think he's the better goaltender. Mike Smith's played lights out. I think when you look on the back end, you have to give the advantage to Colorado, right? Yeah, you do. But the big question is, who's, who do you match up against that McDavid line? Because like you said last week, you, you, McCarr is your best defenseman all around, but he's not really the guy. You want him to get the, the second and third line so he can do his thing offensively. And if he's wor- worried about shutting down McDavid, McCarr is not playing his best game. So how do, you, how do you address that matchup? And this is where the Samuel Girard injury comes into play because – do I want Eric Johnson or Jack Johnson lined up versus Dryden Seidel, David, and Kane? Absolutely not. They'll blow around them like they're standing still. 
I want Taves and McCarr versus Giant versus McDavid, Giant Seidel, and Kane. They're the only two that can keep up with them. They're the only two that can, again, use their offense to get going and get them on their heels. I think Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson, if they get the puck, they're going high and hard. They're not trying to make a good first pass. They just want to get out of the zone. The Oils are regroup and come right back in on them. I want my top guys versus their top guys. That's If, if I'm Colorado, that's what I want. And if I'm Edmonton, I'm like, bring it. Do I think McCarr can hang with McDavid? <clears throat> no. Do I think Devin Taves can? Potentially. But I want that matchup because if, if I'm Jay Woodcroft, I'm like, yeah, nobody has shut these guys down. I'll play us. And you want to match up McKinnon and your top two defensemen versus me? Great. They're not going to do anything versus me on the offensive zone. This is going to be fantastic for me. So it's going to come down to who's the better player. Which line is better? Which one wins this battle? It's going to be incredible to watch because they're just so incredibly good. It's going to be fun to watch this. Can anybody stop Connor McDavid? That's the question. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I was actually going a totally different direction from what you just said. I'm splitting up Taze and McCarr. And I'm, and I, I'm, to me, Taze is the guy that's got to be on McDavid. It's like, I'm going to put him with Manson, but Taze is the guy. Like, when McDavid's on the ice, Devin Taze, you're out there. That's, that's, that's your role in this series. Manson plays, he's a really good two way defenseman. He can play really yeah. tall defensively. And then McCarr, you can match him against, you know, with a, either one of the Johnsons or, um, you know, Bowen Byram or whatever. But I, I think, yeah, Taze is, Taze is that guy that needs to be in that role. And the Manson can play it well. And I think mixing that up and breaking that pair up is the best thing that the Oilers, that the Avs can do to get a favor in this matchup. In my yeah, I don't, I don't want to disagree with you, but I, but I will again. It, these two players are so comfortable with each other. I think back to, and I keep going back to the Chicago well, but Seabrook and Keith, when they were in their prime, everybody always said, well, why don't you split them up? Why, why not split them up? We're going up against these high-octane offenses. They're obviously your top two guys. It's like, split them up. Go one, Chalmerson and Keith and Seabrook and somebody else. It's like, it, it, it wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't work. You see how good McDavid and Dreinsettel are together? And they're good again, apart, but they're so incredibly good together. They bring out the best in each other. And I think Taves and McCarr do that. And I, I think you just keep those guys together. They're going to get 30 minutes a game. Like you're going to be playing these guys all the time. So why not just have them together? They're comfortable with each other. They can shut down anybody potentially, but on the other side of that, they can score three, four, five goals any given night when they're with that first line, like they're, they're that deadly together. So I don't know. I don't think you split them up just yet. If it doesn't work out and McDavid's exposing other pairings, then maybe you split them up. But I think game one, you just don't mess with what you've been doing. Manson's been doing okay oh, with Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson, Bowen. They make me nervous. The Johnson brothers, they make, they're not brothers, but they make me nervous. So we'll see how it works out. But I think initially if I'm Colorado, I'm like, let's, let's go, let's go, baby. If McDavid, which McDavid will start game one, he will start game one. I'm looking right across Nathan McKinnon. That's, that's my starting line. And it's going to be incredible. It's the first time since what, 2018, we got two number one picks going at it in the, in the conference finals. I think it was Stamkos and Ovechkin. It's going to be fun. It's going to be incredible. Just high skill, high pace, lots of goals. I expect multiple goaltenders being pulled in the series. I expect multiple just blowouts of coaches between periods. Like, what are we doing here? We just gave up five goals that period. I don't know how there can't be at least seven, eight goals a game this series. I don't know how it's possible. These are just high-octane offices. 
The defenses aren't that great, like I've mentioned. Edmonton is always lacking. And then Colorado, it's not their strength. So it's, it's going to be an incredible offer. What are the X factors for you, team? What, what has to happen for each team to win this series? Um, we talked a little bit about it already. Uh, Goaltending is something I'm paying particularly close attention to. Mike Smith, uh, you know, potentially these are the two, the weakest parts of the lineup. The, the two chinks in the armor are Smith and Kemper. And they both played really well so far in the series. But if these teams have a weakness, I think those are the two I'd be looking at. But Smith, again, Eight and three, nine, two, seven, two, seven, oh, two shutouts so far. Darcy Kemper has won the games he's needed to win. He's six and two, pretty good stats, and he missed two games with an injury. So I think, you know, I think one of these, probably, like you said, both of these goaltenders will get exposed at different points in the series. I think they'll both be pulled at some point. Smith is probably the guy that I'm looking a little bit closer at just because I think Kemper's a little bit of, of a better goalie, but Smith has played better so far in the series, in this playoff run. Um, the next thing I'm looking at is the depth scoring. Like, we know what McKinnon's going to do. We know what Landis Dog's going to do. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane. We know what these guys are going to do. Who, as you go down the lineup, who's going to be the one that steps up and scores that, that late goal? I mean, Darren Helm scored the, the series-clinching goal for Pete's sake. So who are going to be those guys in this series? On the Avalanche, you got Nachuskin, I'm looking at. you got Burakovsky. you got Comfort. On the flip side, Nuge and Hyman, they're – they're, you know, they're just just below that tier of like the top of the top guys that um, that Edmonton has. And then Puli Yarvi, Yamamoto, guys like that. Well, they step up and score the big goals and whoever does is going to have the uh, the upper hand for sure. Yeah. Yamamoto has been a little bit of a disappointment so far this playoff series. He, he started the season so strong. He, he was meshing with McDavid. I thought it was going to be a great setup for them. And it just didn't seem to progress you know he, he didn't advance his game so we'll see if he steps it up Edmonton's got a good chance like, same with the news Nuge has been playing well my keys to the game is the back end um we, we've talked about the deficiencies which defenseman which decor is going to be able to jump up in the rush and make an offensive contribution I don't think we're going to see any shutouts Tim I don't think we're going to see any 2-1 battles unless this goes to seven then we'll see a 2-1 game I think this is going to be a just flamethrowers goals going in left and right we're going to see five four six three like those types of scores and the team to me that's going to win will be the team that can get their defense involved McCarr only had three assists last series he wasn't the, the same player that you know he was during the regular season where he's getting a point in a game can he and he was making a difference don't get me wrong but can he increase his point production can he jump up in the play can he improve their already lethal power play and who is that guy for Edmonton we saw Bouchard play pretty well last series versus Calgary. Duncan Keith at times played pretty well. Darnell Nurse picked up a couple goals. Can those guys keep up with the Colorado offense oh, from the back end, the McCarr, the Devin Tays? Because Devin Tays, don't get me wrong, everybody thinks of him as his defensive specialist. The guy's got some points. He can put up some points. He's, he's not like a McCarr type, but he knows how to make a pass and shoot a puck. So which group is going to get more points? Which group is going to jump up in the rush? Which group is going to make an impact on the score sheet on the offensive side? Whatever decor gets more points in this series, they will win the series. That's my opinion. And I, and I think right now you got you to gotta give the edge to Colorado at this point, just because they got McCart. He's a, he's a generational talent. He really is. So can he pick it up? This is their first time in the third round, Tim, both of these teams. Who is going to overcome that adversity Take it to the championship round, baby. I don't know. It's Can you bet against Connor McDavid with what he's doing? And Leon Dreinsettle. If I'm Dreinsettle, I'm like, hello. 
I got the same amount of points as this guy. Can I get some love over here? Everybody's talking about McDavid. 29's just sitting in the corner looking at all the reporters like, fellas, I, I'm right here. I got just as many points. Come on now. But it's, it's McDavid's show. Everybody knows it. Has, has Duncan Keith's play in the playoffs surprised you in, in a positive way? Because he didn't look great during parts of the regular season. He got exposed in the beginning of the um, the King series, and he got better as the, as the series progressed. Played really well last one with against Calgary. Is he, is he surprised you this time? Yeah, it, it, it honestly has. He's, he's played fairly well. He, he's not making any massive mistakes. He's not getting beat wide. He is making good, smart offensive plays. Yeah, he's playing really well. He, he he's getting the most minutes now. He's out minuting Darnell Nurse. He's their top guy right now. So it, it's Ken Holland looking pretty smart. No, I'm kidding. He's not. But he, he is playing really well. He is playing good. So let's get down to brass tacks, Tim. <clears throat> I will say this on a side note. I put up a hummingbird feeder in my house two days ago. Wasn't sure I was going to get any action. The hummingbirds love it. I'm just so happy. I'm so incredible. Little things like that. I'm like, there's no way the hummingbirds are even going to get to it. And there, I got it right out in front of the window. The hummingbird just came up. It's the little things, Tim. And it just hovers. And I boiled up some sugar water. It's, it's fantastic. Get yourself a hummingbird feeder. It's, it's, great. The, it's great. The girls love it. They love watching the birds. No, I love it. They, they could care less. It's like, oh, because they, they're not patient. Patience is a virtue. And they have not gained that virtue yet. I could sit here all day and just watch that hummingbird feeder and just collect my thoughts. The hummingbird comes by. I'm like, Oh, that's so great. And then away it goes, flies away. What are you doing? Hummingbird? Where are you going? That's what I want to know. All right. <laughs> let's, let's get these picks. Cause we got a game seven tonight and we got a game one tomorrow. Western conference finals, Tim, give it to me. You're in Carolina. Who do you got? The hurricanes versus the Rangers. Give me Carolina tonight. I do like it. I like it. I like it. I know you don't, but I'm picking the Hurricanes to win tonight. You know, I don't know how you cannot pick the Hurricanes. Why would you pick against that team? I just don't know. Which team do you think, in your heart of hearts, Tim, gives the Tampa Bay Lightning more fits? Uh, Carolina, for sure. Yeah, the way that they can just suffocate your offense for for games at a time, the neutral zone, their own zone, it's really hard to get offensive momentum going. And I think – I feel like the Rangers are play a similar game to Tampa. They're just not as good. Whereas Carolina is playing a totally different style, and I think they, they match up pretty well. I still stand by my statement. The best series that we'll see in this playoff series is Tampa Bay-Toronto. It's incredible. Toronto could go down as the second best team in the league, and you got beat out in the first round. Another question I, I wanted to pose before I get to my picks. Just say Edmonton loses out. <clears throat> to Colorado and McDavid picks up an insane amount of points in this round. Just say he gets 15 points in six games. Does he win the con Smythe and not even play a game with the Stanley Cup finals? No, I thought about that too. I think it's very rare that the team who loses in the Stanley Cup gets the con Smythe, right? It's like happened it's twice. happened. It's happened twice. It's never happened that a team that doesn't even make it gets the I know. Smythe. So there's no, never I don't been think a con- there's never been a McDavid. Yeah, but I don't. Yes, there's been a Gretzky who's been put up more points than McDavid has. And so when they went, when they went to the finals, though. Yeah, but think about it. Would have to be like so strikingly, like in your face 
for them to even pick a guy who wasn't who's was on the losing team of the Stanley Cup. It would have to be so blatantly obvious that you couldn't possibly pick anyone else. And to take it a step further to pick someone who didn't even make it to the finals is no, I don't think it happens. What happens if it's Tampa Bay, Colorado? They award the Stanley Cup. You look at the leaderboard for points. McDavid has 15 more points than the next highest guy, and it's Kucherov. McDavid has 42. Kucherov has 25 or 22, and he's played five more games. Well, I'm just saying that would be incredible. Oh, I don't know. I just said just yeah. crossed my mind. All right, my picks. I'm going the Rangers. I kind of buried the lead. I think Shosturskin's going to play great. I think he's going to will them to a victory. Barkley Gaudreau's back. I like them going to the finals. And then for game one, Edmonton, Colorado. Yeah. Edmonton's fresher. They're ready to go. They're flying high. They they just walked right through a very good Calgary Flames team. They coached well. I got it. I got my buddy, he, um, Jeremy Clark in Minnesota. We know Woody, Jay Woodcroft. We We know his brother. We piled around with him a lot back in the day. He sent me a text. He's like, what are you doing, dogging my boy? I'm like, I'm sorry. Jay Woodcroft is a great coach. He really is. And I, and I said last show he outcoached Daryl Sutter. So I did give him some props. But, yeah, sorry, Jeremy, Jeremy Clark. If you're in Minnesota, go to Minnesota talk team. Top team. Great, great gym. Um, I'm going to go with Colorado. I think at home, first game, they're going to be excited. They've never been there before. They're going to put their best foot forward. I do think Edmonton splits these games in Colorado. So maybe Edmonton wins one Colorado wins two. Maybe I'm hedging my bet a little bit, but I'm going to take Colorado game one. What do you got, Tim? I'm going to go with the Oilers and I'm not just doing that. Uh, I'm just done. I'm done betting against them. I I keep doubting them. They keep proving me wrong. And I think that they're a real team. They're not just McDavid and and dry saddle and, and some sparkly good goaltending here and there. They're a legit team that they can play with anyone. They think they've proven that against Calgary. So I'm going to pick Edmonton for game one. I think they are a one line team, but I'll just leave it there. But it is enough to this point to be a one line team. They played a LA team that maybe shouldn't have been in the playoffs. And they played a Calgary team that just played dumpy. And Edmonton beat them. Edmonton was a good team. But I do think they're a one-line team so far. I'm taking Colorado. And I want everybody to have a good Memorial Day. Go out there and make a difference. Tim, what do you got planned for today? Uh, nothing. Went for a big hike yesterday. So today is a little bit of a just reset and get ready for the week. Yeah, just chugging hot dogs. How many hot dogs do you need today? Come on. No hot park. dogs. No hot no dogs? Hot dogs. <sighs> what about you? You guys doing something? Cook out? Eight to, eight to 12 hot dogs. That's my goal for today. I'm getting fat and then not the PHAT kind. I'm going to really buckle down after the playoffs. I'm going to start working out. I have to. I notice I'm starting to get a little jiggle, a little jelly in my belly. But no, nothing planned. Probably just do yard work, lame old stuff. But eat a lot of hot dogs, Tim. That's my plan. And drink a few beers. And maybe light up some fireworks. But we'll see. All right, everybody. Go out. Have some fun. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.